This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Relationships and networking is huge. It's and the key. It, yeah, it's key, man. And you have to. It's the key, yeah. You have it's to. It's the key know? for us because it, you just can't build on it without it. Like yeah. you, miss that, you miss that phone calls, you can call them back, but you miss that opportunity to be face-to-face with that person and sharing a meal. You're not pitching them, but you're explaining to them what you do and who you are. I see the world and just show them what it really means to live life golden. Welcome to the podcast, Thank boys. How are us. we? For having us? Yeah, good, good. How are you? Good. Come back from a holiday, nice and rejuvenated. Um, went up to Queensland for a little bit. Almost got that. Almost got thrown off by COVID as well. My yeah. partner got COVID on Boxing Day. <laughs> um, so that was interesting. We were kind of going to cancel, but I'm glad I ended up going. What yeah. about you guys? What did you get up to? Yeah, that was the same for me. COVID, over Christmas, New Year's, plans destroyed, didn't get to see the family, but you know what? It was going to happen sooner or later, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just... Family stuff. Yeah, while isolating, it was just... It's like what work didn't stop for me. I was like, yeah. you know, while I was isolating, I thought like, I might as well just get some work done while I'm here. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so... That was the same for me. I was like... Uh, so, because we wanted to go to um, Queensland, right? Like, my, my partner got it, and I was like, fuck, like, if I get it, a day or two days later, like, I have to isolate. We can't go properly and stuff like that. So I moved out. Yeah. Like, I, mo- I moved out. My um, partner's parents were away, and I just was like, okay, I'm going to go to their house. Yep. No one's there. I'll, yeah. I'll chill out there. But same thing, man. It's like, what the fuck do you do? I started <laughs> to isolate. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm just going to hammer work, yeah. and hopefully we get to go, and when I'm over there, I can chill. chill. That's it. And so that was me. I was like New Year's Eve, man, and I was sitting there just writing an article. <laughs> <laughs> I guess owning your own business, you don't get, there's no such no. thing as a break. Yeah. It's always going to be in the back of your mind. Oh, you can't, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I go on holidays, man, it's a struggle. It is. Same. Yeah. No, it has been. Like, my partner <laughs> wants to kill me. I think Amal's <laughs> partner wants to kill me. No, it's definitely like that. Yeah, especially in the last two years, obviously, I guess, to some degree, um, you know, for a lot of people, COVID has been a big disaster. You know, but then for some businesses, you know, it's been like a big wake-up call, if anything. Mm. Um, and that's something that we've kind of taken in. If anything, it's it's helped us on to some degree. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it was like a big learning curve. I think I think COVID gave you time to work on the business. Yeah. Rather than, you know. 100%. Um, and I think the governance, the structures, setting up for the bigger picture. Yeah. I think that that was our biggest learning curve. Massive, together. yeah. Look, let's let's hold there. I want like I'll get you guys to give a bit of an introduction to the hour group and and what you guys do, and then maybe we can pick up that conversation again and and just talk about you know maybe some of the the pivots or or some of the things that did change for you guys and some of the, you know maybe how tough it was over the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess like the first things first. You know, when COVID hit, the first industry that shuts down is is us. Uh, you know, hospitality and live events, you know, it's the, the thing that crowds the most people in one area. You know, you have festivals up going up to 50,000 and, you know, you've got live indoor concerts and things like that, you know, doing two, 3,000 capacities and all bunched up if you're not sitting down, you know, mm. it's standing up. It's So, you know, that just came to a complete halt for us and it just meant, you know, because in our lifetime we've never dealt something dealt with something like this before. So... You know, we didn't have all the answers right then and there, so we just had to put everything to a halt, push it back, and then just figure it out piece by piece and month by month, day by day, 
And then eventually it just got to a point where we just didn't know where it was going to go. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, here we are two years later, still trying to figure it out. Um, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's slowly getting better. Yeah, so, so you guys are in, so we'll give an introduction to the hour group, right? So yeah. you guys are in live events, you create, you know, the ultimate experiences for, for people out there, live yeah. experiences. Um, what, what are some of the, the events that you've run in the past or some of the, the kind of um, tours and, and these kind of things that you've done in the past? Oh, we've been in, you know, we've been across quite a few. I mean, you know, we range from anywhere between speaking shows to live concerts to festivals. You know, we've worked with people like Janae Aiko. Uh, we've toured the likes of, you know, Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do Shaq, hopefully happens this year. You know, just we've worked with quite a lot, lot of artists um, and, I mean... You know, if we even even Australian artists, you know, talking from Sticky Fingers to Six Sixty, New Zealand acts, and just been all over the market, really. Sure. <laughs> so we try to diverse a bit. You know, we don't just look at live concerts. We look at speaking shows. We look at, you know, um, sporting events, all of those sorts. So, well, what would you say the elevator pitch is for our group? Then, like, if 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 you know, if some if you're sitting in an elevator, right, and and ha- and and someone says, "What do you guys do? How do you sell it? Like, how do you?" <laughs> Kobe Bryant. <laughs> nah, um, I'd say that too. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing on unforgettable live experiences. So yeah. it's our slogan. Um, yeah, that's our slogan. Yeah. So I guess um, festivals, live shows, and then speaking engagements, giving you the inside to the sports star that you wouldn't mm. see anywhere else. Yep. Like that concept with Kobe touching on that, we created that uh, from nothing. He made a book called The Mama Mentality, which was his first book he created and ended up being his first and last ever time he had done that seminar, Rest in Peace, his soul, but it was the last time he ever performed and the first time in Melbourne, Australia, mm. that concept. We were meant to take that around the world, back to Sydney, then to New Zealand, uh, then Philippines, then Dubai, and then across China. He even wanted to put it in the Staples Centre at some point. Yeah. You know, he, was, he loved the concept and the idea that we yeah. built around it so much that he's like, this needs to be a worldwide thing. Yeah, so. I, I remember um, when Alvin, I, I was, I, I think I was we're doing some work with Alvin at the time. Yeah. And when he told me, I'm like, Pfft. like he didn't like, <laughs> you know, like, well, you know what Alvin's like, right? He's like fucking chiller, right? So like, you know, <laughs> I, he, he kind of like said it in the way I'm like, oh, so what are you doing tonight, man? He's like, oh, like, you know, I've got this thing. Oh, like it must have been this week. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got this thing. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant's coming down and I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing some shooting. I was like, Bro, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? And, and it was more the fact that in the way that he said, he said it, it. Yeah. I was like, bro, that's the fucking biggest thing ever. Like, was, you know what I mean? It was funny, the conversations we were having too, you know, having um, chats to the venues, you know, the sponsors and things like that. It's just like, what are you working on next? Oh, Kobe Bryant. Oh, okay, yeah, good. On, yeah, yeah. You dream, lo- you're dreaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of people just <laughs> thought, um, a lot of people thought it was going to happen. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't going to happen. Like I, got, yeah. I got turned back from a few people from a big head... A few heads in the NBL thought it wasn't going to happen. I mentioned <laughs> names. I'm not going to go into names, but a few of them just thought, okay, um, this isn't going to happen. And then the closer it got, the more real it got for everyone, mm-hmm. even including us. But, you know, funny Fuck, enough. That would have been wild ride, huh? Like, you guys, it, I could imagine, man. To be quite honest, I, I didn't even believe it was going to happen. <laughs> you know, like, even though, you know, we're speaking with his agent, you know, we signed an agreement, we got his signature on a paper, and I was still like, nah, that's not his signature. That's not... It's not happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, we just thought he was a ghost in LA. Like Kobe Bryant was a fucking ghost. Yeah, he does nothing. He didn't see anyone. He didn't do anything. So to think that the this local group, the our group, not even a live nation, not a global company mm. from Australia, from Australia, haven't even been open more than five years, like the mushroom groups and 
some of the bigger ones. They're going to get Kobe Bryant all the way to Australia for two days. That's not <laughs> happening. He's not coming here for two days uh, in and out. Yeah. It happened. It's, it's interesting. Like, I, I mean, I'm from the fitness industry, right? So back then I was trying to do the same thing. And, like, you're getting on calls. And, and man, to be honest, I was, like, young. I never end up following through with it. But mm. I kind of get what you're saying because there was a few guys that I got into a call with, like, massive names in the fitness industry from the US. Yeah. And then you get on a call with them and you kind of realise, hey, like, if someone's going to come out, and I mean, fuck, Kobe's just on a, that's like, he's, he's on his own level type yeah. thing. But it's kind of like you realise that they, they would only do that if it's absolutely 110% beneficial to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Kobe Bryant never, he didn't need to come to Australia. Yeah. But nah, like you know what? He didn't need the money. He didn't need the money at all. It's no. nothing for him. But you know what? It, it's the concept and the idea that we put together that yeah. was intriguing to him, you know? And it's, he's like, hey, look, I've never done a speaking show in my life. Um, let alone outside of the US. Um, so he, yeah, he just loved it. And when he got here, you know, he just saw how smooth it was for him, the process from start to end. And that was also the contributing factor to making this a worldwide thing. So nice and simple. How do you guys go about that then, right? So, so there's obviously this, there's, it starts with an idea. It's mm-hmm. like, fuck, like Kobe, can we do it type thing? <laughs> And then from there, because I would imagine that you guys are really good at managing relationships and, and more so making people feel important. Because mm-hmm. right? yeah. like, that's the game, in a Correct. sense. Like, yeah. You have to make the, these people, like Kobe, you're not going to... Like, and again, that, that's what the idea was. He doesn't need the money. Nah. He's a, you know, he'd probably have offers coming to him left, right and centre oh, for yeah. everything. So I, I'm guessing that you guys put a lot of effort in to say, like, how do we make... not. Kobe feel special, but how do we make this concept special in his mind? Yeah, for sure. Um, how it comes to life? Yeah, um, I'm interested because, like, that's the that's key word here is names Amal. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but you know what? This this idea actually started from Chris, and I'll yeah. be honest, it, it's it's true. And uh, you know, he brought this idea to us, you know, about Kobe, and he's like, "What about you know, this guy's released an amazing book, and the world loves him, and there's just." I feel like there's so much more that he could talk about, you know, in, in reality, being here to mm. fans in Australia. And like he said, last time he was here, he was only here for like, what, 24 hours for the Olympics and he just bounced. But, yep. you know, and then, you know, he brought the idea to us and we're like, okay, well, okay, how do we get to him? <laughs> that was the first thing. Yeah. But um, funny enough, while... How do you, like, so that's, that's, because I feel like, I mean... I've reached out to a few people to get them on the pod and so on. And, and like, I found that that's one of yeah. the hardest things. Like, I'm, I find myself on Twitter trying to bait people just yeah. to get their attention. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know it's, what I mean? it's yeah. a networking thing. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we, we started with, what was his name? Eric, Eric Gordon. Gordon. So, you know, we had Eric Gordon come out here fight through some friends. And we thought, you know, they wanted to involve us because they already seen, you know, the algorithms doing whatnot concerts here and there. So, mm. to some extent, we wanted to, you know, find a way to, you know, get involved in that as well so it worked out for the two of us in a sense and you know just so happens that the agent who was eric gordon's is also kobe bryant's crazy um you know landmark sports so you know shout out to jen (laughs) she's the best um and yeah and i guess chris just built relationships with with jen and um while eric was in town you know we took care of him and that's the key right we took care of him and yeah and i guess chris from there, I wasn't even involved in this process, but he he was the mastermind, mm. you know, behind this. So I think he has a lot more to share about that. Yeah, experience. nah. 
I guess from start to finish, we have a rule. It doesn't matter if you're the cleaner or the CEO, you're a human being. So we treat everyone the same. It doesn't yep. matter who it is. It doesn't matter. The staff at Creative Cubes will tell you. It doesn't matter if you're the cleaners. I'm inviting you in for a drink or to have some food or do you want me to get you lunch? Mm. Like, I don't give a shit who it is. You're all the same person to me. Mm. So having respect for them and they appreciated that, you know. From yep. where, where there was a security guard to the trainer that came with Eric. And then we built on that relationship with Jen and then it eventuated into a deal being with Kobe Bryant. So um, it's pretty special, um, but it was probably yeah. the flagship tour of, I guess, the our group now, yeah. we'd call it. Yeah, and I guess like Chris, you know, really painted that idea to her about Kobe and she loved it from the, from the beginning. And based on that network we built, that's where Kobe came into the picture and made it happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What what was it like when it went, you know, like, um, obviously, idea, get it in the works, holy shit, this is probably going to happen, <laughs> and then it's happening, and then during that time, I could imagine it would have been pretty surreal. It was funny, because Chris came to me, and he goes, yeah, um, I think um, Jen's ready to sign off on Kobe. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? What? Do you, what? How? What? When? How? Why? And, you know, he, he kind of just, he kept that relationship going when she flew back to the US, and months and months and months of back and forth on this concept um and you know you know a couple of months after while i'm working my area he just comes to me tells me we got it and then you know then the contracting process comes into factor and then that that's a bit of a monthly process as well because there's a lot of negotiating going back and forth and you know we had to get lawyers and all those things involved and by the time it was all done and ready to go it was already a year had passed mm. <laughs> Yeah, year had already passed and we're reaching the holidays. So it was like, Jesus, we need to hurry up and wrap this up. It's two weeks before Christmas. So what yeah. happens is on the 23rd, which is the Friday before Christmas or 21st, people shut off because that weekend they're shopping. And then you hit Christmas and you hit Boxing Day, then you hit holidays. It's family time there from then on. Nobody's buying tickets or looking out. Mm. So like we fucking release it now mm. or we're going to lose this opportunity. Yeah, Like we've got to release it now. So we we stayed up for like near the three days straight, I shoot you not, and we yeah. got the post <laughs> done and everything ready and got all the rock posters ready and the digital billboards and then we announced yep. Kobe is coming. Crazy. Everywhere. It Plastered everywhere. Nuts. Culture kings. We had 7,000 pre-sign-ups in the first hour on our ADM database. Yeah. All they saw was Kobe is coming everywhere. Yeah. Um, from that point on, we were very lucky because if that – we didn't do it then. We would have had a month lead up, so yeah. we had to, we had to, we had to trigger the gun. We had to get it ready and go. We bang. just had to make a decision, yeah. and we were just like, "Let's just do it. Screw it. Let's just do it. Let's stay up if we have to for a that's couple the, of nights." You know what? Like that's that's the like it's those stories that you kind of look back on yeah. in business, and you're like, <laughs> "Fuck!" Like yeah. you know, that's what it's all about. You yeah, know what 100%. I mean, definitely. I think the, the the when he arrived in the morning, so he arrived at about six a.m. We 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 got him over on a private jet. Yeah, fucking half a million dollars later. <laughs> half a million. He wasn't going to move without one. That's of for course, sure. Yeah. Half yeah. a million dollars later, literally. Yeah. Um, that night, I think I'd stayed up for thirty-eight hours straight prior because the night before, Crown let us only check in at three o'clock in the morning. So I went around and like every little detail matters to me. So I went to check the rooms that the beds were done that. And luckily smell we like did. smoke. Yeah, luckily we did because a couple of the rooms smelled like smoke. Yeah, the entire presidential suite he was staying in smelled like smoke. Correct. It can leave a bad taste, you know. <laughs> so, like, mm. you have to make sure everything yeah. is perfect. So, I literally waited up that night. And then I didn't want to go back to sleep for an hour. What if I didn't wake up? I stayed up on Red Bulls and I shit you not. The next morning, he came. That whole day, I think we had media commitments in the hotel's room because... 
I was staying in one room, which is a presidential suite, and he was staying in the other. We had the whole floor. Yeah. Because as you hit that, those two top rooms, there's only one room bigger, which is the Queen of Qatar and like Packer and Oprah staying. It's a whole level. Yeah. Um, so we had the whole floor locked off. We did all the interviews, the media. That's the secret interviews. elevator, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, we shut it down and went all the way to the top and bottom. Yeah. Um, we then, that night, had the photo line. Yep. Yep. The and first the night. the next day, I got my sleep in. The next day, I woke up early. I think he went, did he go to Harry Potter that day or on the first day? He went on the day of the show. Yeah, he yep. went on the day of the show and then we had the show that night. So it was pretty crazy. That that was like a... It was just a quick in and out, get everything done back to back and off he goes. Yep. So yeah, photo line, he did a couple of the meet and greets and all those things and yep. he had like a private function, VIP function as well, the day of the show. And um, yeah, straight into the show. The, great, the amazing thing about him is the energy this guy had getting through our photo line mind you there was 450 to 500 people he picked mm. up every single kid i shit you not <laughs> every kid he picked up and made him feel special every yeah. every toddler gave him a high five mm. mm-hmm. Said, and generally generally these photo lines and step and repeats as they like to call it in the u.s nightmare. they're quick right they're quick and that you know majority of talents just like to hey how you going photo done hey how you going photo done this guy just I don't know how he can like he kept his composure so well from start to end. So it was just amazing to see. Like generally, it takes what? How many seconds per meet and greet to get it done in an hour? I think so. You hope seven to ten. Yeah. And he really took his time with every single person, and we got through. Talking like twenty-five seconds with each person, I guess, and they never forgot that. Like that's what makes him great, though, right? Like you know, <laughs> yes. you, yeah, yeah. It just makes the whole experience worthwhile. Like just you know, going through all the crap that we went through <laughs> um you know just and and him just being an extremely humble person you know um that also just contributed so well to the whole thing um but yeah and um after he left and then i guess sadly chris went to uh, uh he went to go see him during the bushfire reliefs mm. you know he was about yeah. to he was going to sign some uh jerseys so we were going to give away for the bushfire you know appeal appeal nice enough he was he was very he was very humbled like Straight away, um, Mitchell and Ness had organised us some jersey, took it over, and that week we were seeing him to get some stuff signed. And was it two donated. weeks later he passed? No, that that week. That, that week. week. Yeah. I was yeah. at a Denver Nuggets game, and me and Alvin and a friend That's called right. Tyson. Alvin was there. Was yeah, there. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah, Alvin came with us, and Eric Gordon was doing the shoot around. We had courtside tickets. He actually, funny enough, he told me. Mm. I couldn't believe. I didn't think it was real because the time difference, <laughs> and it was very surreal. But I was very lucky enough to get invited by their team. Um, back to the, the Staples Centre for the memorial and gave me really good seats to that. So it was pretty mm. special. Um, and got to watch that, you know, seeing Jordan speak, Shaq speak, Magic Johnson speak, Vanessa speak. It was very surreal even being there. It was awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That was an eerie day. <laughs> you know, just the whole world. Shocking. Crazy. He stopped the world. He, uh, uh, he did, he, he did. He stopped the world. He did, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did, 100% he did. For yeah. sure. It's, cra- it's crazy, his, you know, how much his legacy will, will do over time. Yep, yep. I'm not, a, like, I'm not a massive basketball guy, but, yeah. you know, you, you, you know and you feel that's it, it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's the kind of... Even me. I'm not a big basketball guy at all. But, yeah. you know, and, and like, when I heard about it the morning I woke up and my, my partner told me, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's fucked, man. Yeah. Like, I just remember... I, I can't remember. Like, I remember talking to Alvin about it at some point and just thinking, far out, man. Because I knew you guys were over there. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. 
But yeah, um, that's that's the experience behind Kobe, you know, and yeah. that's that's that's. How did you guys get started? So like like what's the story of the you the know our group? yeah like how did the our group you know, originate them? I guess we um, Amal at the time was an agent. I was friends with um, him and his brother Solo. Yeah, and we'd known each other for years, and they had another friend Alex um, that I was a friends with, and we wanted to get into tours, and then Amal was an agent at the time. Yeah, so I used to work at um, myself and Alex, who was uh, my previous business partner. We had a company called Showcase PR, which was a a leg of a European agency that we opened up in Australia. So we were doing that together for about five years, and we're working with you know a lot of a lot of artists from overseas, everywhere. Mm. And um, yeah, so we were doing that for a good four or five years, and then. Um, after that, I mean, see, for me, my passion was always to get into touring, like to become a promoter at some stage. Mm-hmm. Um, agent was always going to be, was definitely on the way to going there, but it wasn't what I wanted to do full time. It's just, mm. it, it was great for experience to just understand from an agent role, um, you know, what a promoter deals with. <laughs> so, um, so when I came into a promoter role, I already kind of knew coming into what it's like dealing with agents over in the US because those guys are just a nightmare. But you know what? It's their job to look after the artists. So, um, yeah. So from Showcase, eventually Alex and I had parted ways and, um, you know, hanging with Chris and meeting Chris and the other guys, the partners from Interstate, you know, they all kind of wanted to do the same thing you know, be a promoter and, and run shows and do this and whatnot. And they had a fair understanding of how it all works. So I said, rather than you guys competing against each other, mm. the guys we knew in Brisbane and the guys here in Melbourne, I said, why don't we join together and create what is now the Yao Group? Mm. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, you guys are both startups, right? And it just doesn't make sense to compete you guys against each other. It's the PayPal thing, right? <laughs> so it's just, it just makes sense to unite and, and create something big here. And yeah. that way, because you've got to remember, we've got some of our biggest competitors in the game. Like, you know, we've got Live Nation, we've got TEG, we've got Frontier. And, Mushroom. Yeah, and Mushroom, sorry, yeah. And, you know, it's just all healthy competitors. But, you know what, like these guys all formed a unity between so many other people and here they are. So, um, yeah, and this is how the R group started. And from then on, we just... Nailed it with our first tour. <laughs> our first tour, we sold out, I think, seven shows in eight days. Um, Who yeah. was it? YG. YG. This shit was like... I, 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 like look, I'm, for being an agent so long, right? And look, I knew we knew to some perspective that YG will do well because he's never done a solo tour by himself. And there is a market there for him here. But to sell out seven shows in a space of 24 hours was absolutely insane. It's crazy. It was like, up, like being on the tour... Was like you know that up in smoke tour with Snoop. If you if you don't have a chance to watch it, watch it. He, did, he treated <laughs> his show, show like he was in LA. Yeah, that, yeah put yeah, it that yeah. way. It was like a Cali vibe show. Like House party crazy. on stage, and it was the most was stressful crazy. thing ever Far from an operational out. perspective because yeah. venues just don't like Nuts. those things. So trying to uh, convince them that this is the part of the show was was quite difficult. So, yeah, it's just that LA nature that they brought here to Australia. I don't know. They were doing crazy shit. Man. Like, <laughs> there's all these crazy videos. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. But, yeah, yeah we, went, we were trying to control them. Um, I will give you the story of Gloves, the security guard with the paperwork. YG security guard, yeah. So, this guy is... So, YG security guard Gloves, um, who's now a good friend of ours, I guess. Shout yeah. out Gloves. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, he... he 
his job is obviously purely to look after the artists, just like every other artist security guard. I get it. It's a process. It's their job. But, you know, the Sydney venue, uh, Big Top, um, you know, they had a waiver that required the security guard to sign, which meant that you can't touch, you know, patrons of the show if they're, you know, trying to get on stage or come to the artist. Trying to explain that to a security guard of an artist is so hard. From Compton. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, yeah. from Gangsta. Compton, LA. Like, <laughs> it's just not easy to explain yeah. that to him. So he's just like, what? Anyway, I go, look, I'll, I'll, I took the waiver and I gave it to YG's tour manager. I said, can you just take this to gloves and explain to him, you know, you just need to sign this and you can't touch anyone. He goes, yeah, 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 I'll pass it to him. So, and while the sound check was happening with his team, you know, gloves is just walking around the area and the venue and reading this waiver. And um, all he seems to do is he's, he's walking around and he just <laughs> takes the paper and just rips it. <laughs> <laughs> Chucks it on the ground. In front of everyone. Just I rips just the paper and throws it on the ground and doesn't look at anybody. It goes on like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. <laughs> and I, I said to the venue manager, by all means, if you like, you can speak to Gloves <laughs> because I tried. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he did not give a fuck. He didn't give funny. a shit. Yeah. So, and, and that's what you'll get with a lot of these artists' security. They just don't care. They're just Their job is solely that talent and they don't care about anyone else. Do, do you think... So, so what? What was the 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 big artist recently who had the massive issues at their concert? Travis Scott. Oh yeah. Do you Astro think World. that will start to change some things potentially? You know what? It, like, without going too much into detail, it's it's about the setup and the operations of the show. Yeah. And how I don't know if there was barricade barricades well, in between. How do you have fifty, sixty, seventy thousand people going towards one barricade? You've got mm. to section it off. You'll find it in a lot of Australian shows. They section it off. They yeah. section off underage people. But from an from an operational perspective, there was actually a lot wrong with the festival itself, and you know people. I didn't want to say that, but <laughs> uh, look, it, it's 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 that it's not. They already yeah. released it. They yeah. released it online mm. for everyone to see their uh, event management plan, yeah. which I read, and um, you know, look to in their defence to some degree you get comfortable with, with a certain structure yeah. over time, right? And then the council eventually ends up trusting you and they know that you're a good operational lead and you know what you're doing. So they just, you know, there's certain things that you, they feel like you're aware of. Mm. But something like Astroworld, like what's happened recently, we've never seen that happen since no. the days of Woodstock. Yeah. You know, Woodstock 99, where they only had two die. But that was just insane. You know, yeah. over 200,000 people just filtering through a festival with no... With security security guard getting involved in the festival, like it was just weird. But anyway, um, I think this is the thing in Australia. There's a bit of a difference when you run a festival here, right? If and especially if it's all ages, you actually get dragged through the mud. You you, it's not easy to hold an all ages festival in mm. Australia. It's actually very difficult. There's always something picking at yeah, like somebody picking at something. Yeah, like if you submit an event management plan here, it's not just disregarded because you're a reputable promoter they'll take that thing and take you through the mud with it they'll mm. be like have you ensured that this is here is there a barricade here did you make sure there's a split between the two you know it's just there's a lot of licensing to go through before you can even make that call that's why every festival in australia they just do 18 plus mm. and you'll notice that it's either an 18 plus festival or they'll just run a completely underage festival mm -hmm. and just like for example the guys at frontier will run uh what's called lost city and that's strictly underage um, you know, and it's just easier to run it that way. Don't have to worry about alcohol. Don't have to worry about any other sort of licenses. It's a big process. So, do you reckon internally? So, like, you know, with with talent and their teams, do you reckon? Do you reckon they have conversations about that? Like, do you reckon they say, like, hang on, we gotta, 
we've got to really try to fucking watch our backs now and, and make sure we dot the dot the I's and cross the T's. Yeah. Now it will. It's getting like that. Yeah, now they'll have to. <laughs> it's getting worse now, if anything. Or not worse. Uh, look, it's better always to ensure the safety of people because, you know, it's sad, you know, with the Astro World situation, you know, those parents yeah. lose their child at a festival. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's the crazy. last thing they want to hear. Not hear at all, if anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, Look, I guess the processes in Australia just stay the way they are, but over there it might be different. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what they they'll probably be, you know, be required from, you know, some extra processes or something. But yeah, yeah it's just uh it's pretty crazy, you know, Travis Scott facing over 300 million. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, 300 million dollar lawsuit. Turned on a dime, you know, like yeah. it's like life's one way this day it's like And it's this not just next. him. The, this 300 million dollar lawsuit is compiled between Travis, Drake, Live Nation, Apple Music. You know, it's just, it's insanity. And um, I don't know, like, I guess I hope for his sake and the rest of the guys involved that, you know, some they figure out some way out of this, but I'm not sure where it's going to go. Mm. Yeah, it's, mm. it's a very hard one. It's hard. Yeah, it would be. Those parents won't walk away from this until oh, no. getting something from it, you know, or at least some sort of justification. It's America, you trip over in someone's restaurant. Oh, mate, it's, it's different. It's a different world over there. World, it is. Yeah. You know, you've got people like, you know, in, the, in in some states, you know, like they're, they're trying to get hurt so they can sue, you know, like bike mm. riders. Yeah. It's a big thing over there. Like they, yeah. they they just like, like you know, jump out in front, get hit by a car and, you, you know, it's suing. Good. Yeah. It's like that, that's a thing, you know what I mean? So it's it's definitely a different world. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the major lessons that you guys have learned then along the way? So, because, you know, I think in business, as you go by, especially when you look in retrospect, was there, was there any moments where you learned some big lessons or you, you kind of thought, oh, we're, we're really starting to get it? Um, or is there any yep. su- patterns that you start to recognise, you know, around, okay, like, we're, like this, is, this is the way we need to go or this is the way we need to operate. These mm-hmm. are kind of some of the big things that are going to really drive us forward as a business. Yeah. It's Maybe crazy. internally and externally, you know, so. Yeah. It's crazy because you know what, in this industry, you, you, you learn by making those mistakes, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. like, just like any other industry really. But I mean, in a sense of us running shows is the only way that required us to learn more about how to run shows better. <laughs> so it, it took us to maybe lose at a couple of shows or, you know, face some difficulties on a show here or there or, you know, make that mistake to understand in future, operationally, this is what we need to do to make our shows better, you I know, think, uh, from start to end. Yeah, yeah, I think from a monetary point of view, understanding that everyone in America seems to think they know a somebody mm-hmm. and not just trusting them by sending them 100 or 200 or 300 grand and getting burnt, <laughs> which happens a lot. It happens, happens a lot. A lot. People yeah. get excited, but there are certain <laughs> agencies to go through to get deals done mm. unless you have relationships direct with management which we yeah. do a lot of people but there's a lot of people ripping each other off in this industry process. And you, you, you can lose a lot of money real quick you can get burnt real quick mm. but if you pay the right people and go in the right direction do it the right way yep you won't get burnt otherwise you can lose money real quick and in, in in reference to what chris is saying is that you know um it's true. A lot of uh, promoters who, who try to start up in this game, they get burnt very quick because they don't follow the process, which not many people will understand anyway, but it takes time to know that. You know, as an agent myself, luckily, the knowledge was already there in terms of where to go if you want to book a talent. And there's in, in the United States, there's five major agencies, mm. right? There's CAA, UTA, APA, um, what am I missing? WME. WME and ICM. And these guys have everyone, everyone you can think of from, you know, the Gary V's to a Kobe to this, to that, 
you know, to Ed Sheeran's, they're all in these agencies and they all have a process. And they actually, look, as a promoter, you think to yourself, yeah, I want to go and tour Ed Sheeran, right? But it's not as easy as that. Let's say you're a rich guy and you've got all the money in the world and you say, yeah, I want to tour Ed Sheeran. I don't care how much it is. I want to do it. It's not as easy as that, you know? Like an agent would just go, well, I don't care how much money you got, but unfortunately, you know, it just doesn't work that way. Because it's a brand thing, right? Yeah, but it's just... And relationships. Relationships and networks. You know, Ed Sheeran. He's not touring with anyone else except Mushroom Group. Correct. Because Mushroom Group brought Ed Sheeran out when he was doing maybe 500 tickets. Yeah. Maximum. So, So, yeah. Because reputation matters. Reputation reputation and relationships. That's That's it. That's all it's made out of. Money can't buy you everything in this. You know, these guys are already making that money. Yeah. They're not going to risk their branding around the world. One, like with Kobe, he's not going to risk... He makes... 100 million a year or 50 million a year from his endorsements, mm. you think he's going to go with a dodgy promoter for $2 million? What, what happens to his other $50 million Correct. once he gets a bad name in Australia? Mm. Or the business alone in Australia could be earning him five times that. Yeah. They won't risk it. So that's, that's you know, that's it's a bit of a process. So Do you think people underestimate that when they get into the game? Yeah. <laughs> oh, greatly. Yeah, big Everyone time. thinks they can be a promoter at some stage. Yeah. Everyone thinks they can walk in and do it. There's just a process to it. You've got to yeah. start at the, the bottom. And work up, and right now you're finding that the three biggest companies are competitors in Australia: Live Nation, TEG, and Mushroom Group. Yeah. Now they've got all these sub companies that they're buying up. We're one of the only standalone companies. There's another couple like Untitled Group and a couple more. Yeah. Besides that, everybody else has got an affiliation or been bought up by Mushroom Group, TEG. So we're going against the big dogs. Yeah. Like it's us against taking on people that have 50 staff members and they've got. Yeah. They own venues in Australia, so when even when you're doing the when you're doing an event at the venue, even though they don't get it, they're still getting the data collected who entered. Yeah, they're still making money off the tickets. It's a monopoly game with those guys, you know. But it's that's that's most industries, right? Isn't it? Correct. The race, the race to the to the monopoly. That's it. And you know what? Like, you got to give them respect for that. You know, it's everyone started somewhere. Like they probably were in our position at some point. You know, in the beginning. So for us, it's just where we have. Um, where we've come today as an independent company is, you know, not a lot of promoters have made it this far out. No. And, um, and, and that's why it comes down to learning from mistakes, you know, and it's just, we've, we learned very quickly. So <laughs> I was going to ask this question before, but I think it ties in well with what we just spoke about. You know, I was going to say, do you think that like, or like more so what advice do you give someone? Cause I, I you know, we, you got to make those mistakes, you know, like I was talking to you before about my plans, right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, You've got to be willing, like, uh, you know, I understand it. You know, you've got to be willing to put yourself out there. If it mm. doesn't work, that's fine. I learn from it. We'll exactly. make the next one better. We'll make the next one better. But I was going to also ask is, like, do you think that, you know, people are, are, I guess, too scared to make those mistakes in business? You know, and that's a lot of the reason why it never really goes anywhere. But I'm going to follow that up with another one. What, like, because you guys are going up against the big dogs. And I feel like yep. the reason people are scared to make those mistakes is because that, what exactly what you guys are doing and probably proving that it's possible is what a lot of that happens in every industry almost and a lot of people don't make those mistakes because they're scared to take that first step correct because of the monopolies because of the big dogs because of like the well can i you know can i compete type thing so like like, do you want to do you want to talk about your maybe your mindset around that and and how you guys think about it and you know what do you guys do? Because back, it's like backs against the wall type yeah, thing. Yeah, 100%. It all comes down like a lot of people aren't... We're fortunate that we have relationships and we're privately funded and 
we've got the chances to make mistakes and go again. Yeah. But some of that might be 35, 40, have a young family. They can't have a hundred or 200 or $300,000 mistake. They've got their house. It's paid off. They can't afford to take a mortgage of three quarters of that out and make that mistake. So mm. it's hard for them. So while you're young, take chances, mm. take risks, and create opportunity. Like while you're young, yep. like do it. That's my advice to everyone out What's there. What's young? Just do it. This is a good. This is a good. Because who was I listening to? Gary V. Yeah. Gary V. Gary V. <laughs> on the Nelk podcast, right? Yeah. You know, he kind of says like, because because I feel like that's you know he's he's hundred percent correct when he says that young people think that twenty five is is old. You mm. know what I mean? Or twenty seven is old, or like life's finished by then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like 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 you know when when you say young, what are you talking about? For me, man, I would advise people from. When 20, you finish high school. 20, 21, 22, when they finish high school or yeah. they do their uni or don't do uni, like, die, go nuts. Yeah, dive, dive, <laughs> dive in. Like, you have to dive, dive in. Dive in like, and take, take chance, the chance, man. yeah. Like, we work with a few people. We, we manage some talents as well. HP on it from the HP boys mm. and Ibi, as of recent, the forum show. Like, yeah. he was on Instagram. He was working at the ATO. Mm. And, like, he, he got brought to us by a, a close friend and we just said, man, like, you, you gotta, you've got to pull back from your job. Like, you have to quit your job. You've got kudos, that kudos to him though, you know, yeah, like 100%. He, the hardest dropped, thing. he dropped his ATO job and That's said, the I'm, I'm going to go for it. Correct. You know? It's actually and the hardest thing. You know, he yeah. had the balls, like he deserves all the reward in the world because he's supporting his family as well. He's helping him mm. out. But at the same time, he left his job, which is security mm-hmm. financially. And he had the balls and he trusted us as well. He did. Yep. To go on. And he's done his first four shows like he's Novak Djokovic, <laughs> not in Australia, <laughs> but at his... 20th Grand Slam. Yeah. And he dominated. He killed it. He's going to be international. And the same thing like Atino. The same thing. We've, he trusts in us and we're going, to, we're going to really push him and take him to the next level. There's um, talent there. And correct. it's just like he's willing to take the risk to, you know, drop everything else and, 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 and pursue his career further in, in music. And that's hard, yeah. you know, oh, especially man, it's, in music. It's, like, it's, it's the hardest thing to do. Like a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the reason that I see even just people around me is like they're not willing to actually go all in. Like, 100%. they're going to say they're going to go all in, but then it's like, no, no, like, we'll drop a shift. Yeah. Drop two shifts. <laughs> drop three shifts. Drop, yep. you know, start focusing and spending more time on this, the thing that you really want, and then a lot of people just can't do that. And that's then right. that's why it never actually starts to come to fruition. I think, um, I think a lot of people ne- should, you know, never lose focus of the big picture. You know, I think it's very important. For example, when I was an agent for the first two years... I wasn't getting money. I wasn't being paid. You know, it was, if I got a show in or we got a show in, maybe there was a bit of income there. But we had to take a loss on so many shows just to build a brand, you know? And Correct. that's the way that it works. And it's, it's you, you, mate, like, you, you know, know what I mean? We still haven't made, we, we still haven't made a dollar. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we, we will. And like, we've, we've, yeah. We're lucky to sign some contracts the yeah. other That's week. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that was, you know, this is what, eight months, nine months, and, and it's intense. You know, you're paying wages, you're doing all this kind of stuff. Yeah, like, oh. it gets real. <laughs> Mate, we, didn't have, we didn't have a conversation until late November, exactly. you know what I mean? Pe- exactly. pe- pe- people don't understand the stress of going out and having balls and going out on your own mm. can take on you mentally, number one, and uh, it takes a physical toll on your body. You're, yeah. you're fucking exhausted. Yeah. Your mind is fucking shut the bits and you're exhausted but you're giving 100% there's always a long term you got to have a passion for yeah. that for that and it's know, just stress. one fucking email right uh. <laughs> it's like you're just sitting there you're like oh god uh. and then the email ding ding and you see it and you're like 
fuck. Like that's <laughs> the thing we needed, you know, like, that's it. but, but, you know, not to say that cause I'm tired, I'm quitting or like, I'm not doing it. Like, you know, you, you know that you're relentless in that chase for, for that, that, that bigger picture. Yeah. Yep. But, but, you know, I think a lot of people don't allow themselves to get to that point. You know, mm. they, 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 they either don't make the decision to go all in. Yep. You know, they tell themselves they're all in, but their actions don't follow it. And, and the reality is that's the, that's the most dynamic thing about it, right? It's mm. like we all got families. Yep. We, you know, I've got a partner. We all got this kind of thing. But um, yep. I think, you know, when you truly are in something that you're, you're excited about, yep. you know, it's, it's got to be exciting. Yeah. You know, and I think that's also another thing that, a lot of, that catches a lot of people out. It you does, know, yeah. If you're not excited about this grand, grand vision, you, you're not going to make that leap no. that is necessary. No, you're not. You're not. I think it's a very important thing. I mean, for us, it's, there's a pure, genuine interest, you know, in, in what we do. And that's for me, especially in terms of being an agent from that, from that start, for me, it was important. Like I just didn't care in the first two years that I didn't make money. I didn't, I actually didn't care. Um, even though, you know, it took a toll on me to some degree. Um, and at some point I had to go back and get a full-time job and work and make some money. But you know what? Like, again, like it takes time, you know, and, and you just got to trust yourself, you know, that you'll get there and work hard, obviously. But when I say work hard, it's like, don't underestimate work hard, you know, like it's just really got to work hard. The grind and the hustle <laughs> never stops. <sighs> nah, in this industry, it's a funny one too, you know, there's, there's no like set hours, you know, it's just, I guess when you're an owner, it never is really set hours, but yeah. When someone calls me and they want to catch up, potentially do a dinner in the night, you're cancelling what you're doing, you're going to dinner. Mm. You don't know what that dinner and what opportunity that's going to lead to. You give that up, somebody else is going to... Some might take they're that away. They're gonna fucking from take it. They're gonna grab it, and they're gonna run with you quicker than you could have even got to that restaurant. Like you have to. Like in this yeah. line of business and what we do, relationships and networking is huge. It's and the key. It, yeah, it's key, man. And you have to. It's the key. Yeah. You have to. It's the you know? key for us because yeah. you just can't build on it without it. But yeah. you miss that. You miss that. Phone calls. You can call them back, but you miss that opportunity to be face to face with that person and sharing a meal. You're not pitching them. But you're explaining to them what you do and who you are. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, that's what people don't get. Like, uh, when I was in the fitness industry, and that's not a big industry, like, not a lot of shit happens in that industry from, a, like, there are some big things in the US, but here in Australia, it's, it's a lot of small business yep. and so yep. on, apart from the, you know, the big monopolies like gyms and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, I was a kid when this happened, and I went over to the States and I was talking to this guy from San Fran. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, you know, he was like, his, his name's Jordan. He's a good friend of mine now, same thing. But long story short, he's like, I'm like, oh, you want to catch up? And he's like, yeah, man, like, we'll catch up, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think he had like, you know, 30,000 followers at the time. You know, mm. like he was big, but he wasn't like big, big. Yep. And I was like, yeah, cool, like sweet. And anyway, I got to San Fran, had no idea what the fuck. Like, you know, I didn't <laughs> know like where things were in San Fran and shit <laughs> like that, right? And I was, you know, I was a kid. I was, I think I was 22, right? Um... Anyway, he's like, oh, man, like, I'm just at this gym. And I, like, plug that into my phone. I'm like, it's, like, three and a half hours away. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. I'm with my missus. It's a day trip thing. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, fuck. Like, and anyway, I'm like, oh, I question. I'm like, should I do this? And I'm like, no, nah, whatever. Like, and I'm like, no, nah, fuck this. Like, you got to go. Yeah. You just got to go. Just got to do it. And I'm like, to my partner, I'm like, I'm getting a train, like, Something happens to me, like, you know, whatever, like, just kind of like three and a half hours, fucking don't know where I'm going. Anyway, got the train there, went there, trained with him all day, 
we built a really good relationship. Yep. I ended up bringing him out to tour twice. Wow. You know, um, he, you know, he's fucking the pinnacle in the industry from an education standpoint yep. now. Wow. And, like, that's the kind of, you know, that kind of reminds me of, like, what you guys said. It's a smaller scale, but it was, yep. like, I was young. I had a decision. Like, there was a decision that day. My partner, you know, we're meant to be doing shit, you know, like, we're on yeah. holiday. And I'm, like, nah, fuck it. We're good friends now. And, and you know, that was, like, I brought him out. Like, we filled, we filled you know, um, you know venues. We filled Creative Cubes twice. Amazing. Which, you know, in, in that industry was, was pretty big. And, and that was, like. similar. That was a that was just a part of like my growth, you yeah. know, to in, in that industry. Yeah, um, and I think it, it just talks to the fact that what you just said then, like I think yeah. a lot of people don't understand that is like I still happens now. Like if, if someone's yep. if we're trying to get someone on the podcast and he says, Hey, I can't shoot Tuesday, but hey, I can do Friday and it's like, Well, fuck, like we shift everything to shoot Friday. Friday yeah. Yeah. You know, everything 100%. drops type thing. So yeah. hey, you know, I think that's you know, I think a lot of people, especially when you are starting out and don't un- understand the importance of that relationship and networking exactly right and you know the first tour i ever did with jordan i didn't take a profit yeah, yeah. i said it's all yours let's cover the costs i don't yeah. need to make money from this as long yeah. as i don't lose <laughs> it's yours <laughs> yeah. because i like and i understood that i wanted him like i needed like i wanted him to have a great experience yeah, for sure and i wanted to be about him Yep. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people in that kind of case, I'm doing all this work, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's like, nah, like that's a part of it. You can't have that expectancy. It's it's just the same thing when we tour talents, you know. you Like I said, we're never going to get Ed Sheeran because it's just we didn't build that network with Ed, so why would he come work with us, mm. which is understandable. So for us, there's so many talents where we built that We're going to find the, the next Ed up. Sheeran. We'll find the next Ed and Sheeran. it's an investment. Because there always will be another time. Ed Sheeran. There always one will be I've another Cardi B. There'll always be another Beyonce. You know, it's just going to keep going. It's never going to stop. Yeah, that's one thing I, I, from the outside looking in, I think you guys do really well. You, you find good talent yeah. and you build that relationship early. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. that's one thing I've noticed as well. So I think yeah. seeing a, a, being able to identify talent and, and what will make a good product is, is something that you guys have been really good at. Just again, from an outside standpoint looking in. Yeah. yeah question. Okay. Sorry. I had a question for you. <laughs> yeah. How many days did it take for your missus to get over that you left her on the day trip? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Was she understanding? Because you know what? Mine would have uh, popped me. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was a lot of expensive dinners. You know, it was like doubling down on, on where we went for the next probably <laughs> 7 to 14 days of the trip. Um, it's hard. It's it hard. is. Sometimes man. they understand. Sometimes they don't. No. Our partners are meaning, and it's 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 fucking tough. Like, man, you have to take the opportunity, and you might have something nice planned, and you you don't want to cancel. You'd rather be at home. I always say this: I'd rather be at home watching Netflix with my feet up. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm building something that's going to be bigger than we what we could even imagine in the future. You know, and yeah. that's like that's a, that's a big problem. You know, you got to have that support basis, and it goes back to like. You know, how do you keep going when stuff goes wrong and, and mm. you make a wrong turn? It's the team around you. Mm. And that, that includes your partners and your family, man. It really does. They're the, that's the, they're, they're they're the more, more than anything, yeah, you know? Exactly like, right. like, like that's the hardest thing. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but um, there's a lot, I mean, you, you would, but there's a lot of pressure, you know? Like, like, you know, I think even just, not that, it, like the way society is, right? And and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but yeah. males we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, mm. as and especially in business. You know, like 
there's a lot of pressure that comes because you've got this dynamic in your mind of like, I want this vision to be successful, but I've also got to provide. Correct. And, you know, females, that's coming, you know, like that, I'm, I'm right behind that movement as well. Like, yep. you know, my partner's a fucking beast. Like, she just quit her job. She's working for our company now, so, mm, you know, and, and so on. So, yeah. it's, it's cool. But, like, there's a lot of pressure that comes, I feel, as a male mm. um, and running a business. No, it's true. Oh, I can 100%. Agree. It's it's hard for like look like my partner's in a similar position. She runs a family business, but you know it, to some degree it's good because you know she she had a master's in law and she had to give that up you know to get into law to start working with a family business so that we can both be able to do what we need to do because mm. to be a lawyer you know it requires a lot of hours. Oh man, you know there's no days off. No, so you know she couldn't make that work. So in a sense she had to she had to make a decision, and you know that suited both of us and family as a whole i guess so and you know that ended up paying off you know it's doing very well for her and she's she's getting involved into the business more and understanding more how to run a business mm. uh, and that helps me <laughs> uh, and that helps me too you know because we just you know we bounce off each other a lot you know in terms of having that understanding of what's happening in the business and what's going on and what do we need to do and blah 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 and so forth yeah. so that always helps Man, it's hard, man honestly it's harder it's hard as well for young women out there oh, yeah. like the advice i give them man Go out there and fucking be a boss. Yeah. Like seriously, like your missus is taking a chance and going in and starting her shit. Go out there and start your own shit. Mm. Like that. Like I feel like some women can be a bit timid, and they got it in them. Like go, go out and fucking yeah. do it. Yeah, like but it's the world that makes them timid, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's and I think that's the thing. I'm like, you know, uh, we got some stuff coming up. You know, like in terms of some of the new shows that we we got coming out, and, yeah. and that's the mo- thing I'm most excited about. You mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, the two that are locked in are both women, yeah, you know, uh, in different industries. And, that's and that's one awesome. thing that we wanted to show because we've had some, you know, we had uh, Al Roseby on, who's the managing director at Country Road. Yep. Yep. A man, like, she's, she's a, a boss. fucking boss, she's bro. Boss. Like, I was sitting here. I saw like, that podcast, yeah. I was yeah. just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, but, but I think that's one thing on here that we're really excited about is, is providing a platform for more women to inspire other Amazing. women. You know Definitely. what I mean? Because I think that's something that we're, we're trying to push as 100%. well. Half the agents I'm talking to are women, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And it's just, they're really bossy. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, good. Really I'm bossy. like, fucking, when I, when it, you know, like, I, I love seeing a woman that's a boss because yeah. it's like, yeah. fuck, like, it's, they just do, they do, you know, like, they got a different fucking skill set. Yeah. <laughs> making shit Like, we're kind of just like, fucking chillax, we forget a lot of shit, we're not really that organised. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck, man, they're just like killers. Ah, that's yeah, why I, res- that's I respect it. a lot of the girls that play in the, the women's league for the AFL, the yeah. NBL, the netball. Man, these ladies, they're getting underpaid. Like oh, they're, getting under, they're getting underpaid, and some a lot of them have second jobs, but they're sacrificing to be in the league and mm. to creating to creating another sport and to creating, like, pathways for our younger sisters and younger cousins and younger to have the confidence of going out and, and being able to fucking play yeah and that's why like the respect we have for them whatever we can do we'll do like it's always. that it's that old school you know thing oh, that comes fucked, into man. play you yeah, know and, it, and sometimes it, and sometimes it comes from family you know that stuff yeah. erupts from family that old school mentality you know Correct. you know of a woman just you know you sit down and you don't you don't do this or you don't do that nah. and, and and times are changing and they're 100%. changing dramatically so There's it's still just, a long way to go yeah you know like um yeah. what taylor harris you know when she, uh, she was she asked for a contract that was you know a large contract and a lot of people fucking put her down a lot of so people on social yeah. media and what people don't understand is that 
people like her need to go out there and start demanding these kind of deals. Otherwise, the sport for women and the opportunities for women won't get pushed forward because nobody wants to go and ask. Exactly. And all you've got to do is go and ask. And, like, people, I hate the the cynical and the one-mindedness that comes from people where they're like, oh, like, she's not worth that or she's Mm. not that. And it's like, well, dude, like, you, you know, look at the bigger picture she's fucking pushing this sport forward and actually standing up for the sport. And people exactly. don't do that. You know, your daughter might not get to play fucking football. Exactly. Yep. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And so. it, it, it's kind of similar to when we run festivals and things like that. And, you know, even the, the our big dogs, you know, the TEGs and all them, when they run their festivals, you know, the, the demand is there to obviously have women inclusive on the bills, right? Like, you know, having a headliner, it always generally is a guy or a mm. man, right? So... Um, you know, we're also doing a lot now industry to be inclusive of women artists because there's so many out there that sure. are just probably just as big as men artists. And I reckon you know what we've, mean? Got, it's just we've got just one. Just as talented. Just no, as talented. We've got more. one. You're going you're gonna to diamond and she's going to be yeah. fucking big. Our recent launch of our label of Timeless Music, you know, we've, we've included. I did say that. Some women, you know, some women talents and, you yeah. know, like. Diamond's going to be big. Diamond's going to, she's special. Yeah. She's a young girl, I think, what is she, 19, 20 or 18? I think she's 21. Yeah, yeah. 21. So yeah, she's, she's special, bro. And she's, she's yeah. Cool. We're excited very, about her. Extremely that. talented. She's probably, yeah. I'm probably, the, she's probably the most exciting talent that we've signed so far. And, you know, there's so much potential. We're working on some great music. And, you know, she, you know, look, the other guys probably will hate hearing this, but she surpasses our other talents at the moment. You know, it's just what she brings to the table is just, ama- it's like, it's amazing. So, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see it all come yeah. together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to finish off, we do quick fire, right? And this is just kind of short, sharp. I always say this, right? But like it's short. We, we ask a question and you guys can just give it like a, I don't want to say short because I want to cut you guys off. Like yeah, I said yeah. it and some people are like, oh, like I don't know how much to say. <laughs> just give an answer to it. But it's like a, they're kind of more of like an open-ended question on cool. opinion. So I'll get it um, and you guys can both answer. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, be patient finish school if you want to study if you don't get the fuck out at 16 <laughs> <laughs> and jump into the world yeah yeah, that's a good one too yeah for sure yeah. why because if you're if, if your mindset's not there you're going to end up doing something that you don't love like mm. what Kobe said Kobe said do what you love and, he, and Daniela Weber funny enough um, you know she said she did a painting and it, it's got the whole message on what, what Kobe's message was, you know, and mm. that's what he'd, he'd give it his, his advice to his younger self or his children is do what you love, you know what I mean? So that's very important in life. Like, don't, like, life will drag you the fuck down and it's harsh and it's cruel, but it's going to be 10 times worse if you're not doing something you don't love. Yeah. That's Amen. the best way to explain it. Amen. All right, fav- this isn't, I think I know the answer to this, but favourite business moment and why? Favorite business moment? Kobe, for me, Kobe, those doors opening and him fucking walking through that crowd and the faces, re-watching that video of the entrance and the, the facial expressions you see of pure fucking joy, excitement, the happiness, it brought people like, are you still shot and you see these people's faces? It's, it's, unbel- it's mm. like, it gives me goosebumps. It's unbelievable. Mm. That's for me, that's it. For me, it was when we did our first tour as the Owl Group, having that success of seven sold-out shows is unheard of. No one's done it. We have, though. Yeah. And I think that's something we should really 
hold on to you know so yeah um that would be the one for me (laughs) amazing all right so what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about getting into business business or the music industry you choose Music industry. Let's do the music industry. Music industry, yeah. Be patient. Go the right channels. Don't try to think that your friend knows someone that knows someone else. Think long term. Yeah, you'll end up getting ripped off. Pay the right amount of money. Take your time. Don't think you can get the biggest artist straight away and build your relationship slowly. One thing you'll see in the industry these days is a lot of people think short term. And Mm. if you think short term, then it's going to be short term for you. So, And then it's just going to be all over before you know it. There's this thing so. I heard, sometimes the slowest way is the fastest way. Mm. And like, I know that makes sense to a lot of people, but take your fucking time. Yeah. Because you're going to get to your end goal if you do that. Yeah. It's amazing. All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up. <laughs> That's it. That was great, honestly. Awesome. That, was a, that was a great conversation. I ah, think you guys should be time. proud of, it was enjoyable. of what you've built. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty exciting. It went quick. <laughs> oh, mate, like you can, you, you know, like that's, that's probably an hour and... 15, yeah. I reckon. going to have to jump back on. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. We'll, 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 we'll go round two, 100%. Um, Up for it. I just want to say a massive thanks to you guys um, for, for coming on. Um, Thank you for having us. Where can everyone find you guys? So Instagram, social media channels, website. All channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're all there. Our group. Is At that, the Our group, yeah, that's cool. it. Yeah, awesome. across the board. Yeah, Go check it out. They've got some, some, some pretty wild things coming up. So Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 2022. You've probably been held down a bit, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, you're probably going to explode. Oh, we're working on some, some, some brilliant, brilliant things and um, some stuff that uh, uh, some people would have not seen coming. Really cool concepts. Yeah. Amazing. That's the word, concepts. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, to everyone who tuned in, a massive appreciation for you guys. You are the reason we can do this and we can kind of continue to do this. We have a lot of exciting things coming up as well, so make sure you keep tuning in. Um, Big thanks. See you guys.